0: Ray Tokohiso with us. Ray is a civil engineer with RDG. They are madly in love with the hydrologic cycle and they earned a BS in civil engineering and an MS in hydraulics and water resources from the University of Iowa. When Ray is not working on hydrology, they can be found keeping their head above water in cyclone territory as they live in Des Moines and Des Moines is traditionally uh, Iowa State Territory. Ray is a collegiate Taekwondo uh, aficionado. (laughs) Uh, And also an instructor of Taekwondo. Ray also enjoys karaoke as they are a karaoke DJ. Jackie, what's the right term? (laughs) Yeah, karaoke Jackie. Ray is also involved with the Big Brothers Big Sisters program, and they also super involved with gardening. Yeah, and maybe a little bit of um, interest with Craigslist.
1: Maybe just a little. (laughs) little (laughs) Guilty.
0: (laughs) All right, well, Ray, thanks for joining today. Uh, Maybe if you want to start with a little backstory of. You know, where you grew up, where you were raised, uh, kind of what led you to civil engineering?
1: Yeah, all right. I was born at a very young age to my parents. <laughs> oh. So I was born in Indiana. By the time I was two, they had moved to Kenosha, Wisconsin, just all over the news lately, and not for good reasons. Really bizarre to see. Um, I bet. And uh, so I spent the first 14, 13, 14 years there. My parents split when I was 11, and so somewhere in the interim, my dad started dating my now stepmom. She lives in Iowa City. Okay. And so in the whole kerfuffle of like, where are we going? What are we doing with our lives? Um, I ended up with my dad in Iowa City. Uh, did high school, bachelors and masters without really leaving the two-mile radius that is my parents or okay. my stepmom. Sure. Um, so in high school, I was super involved in theater and everything English and every high school teacher I had thought I was going to be a high school English teacher. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, okay. Had, had the crazy sweater collection and probably was going to have 17 cats. And <laughs> that was gonna that's what I ask going and just ask about cats. Great. <laughs> I was going to write poetry for fun and I, I don't know, whatever English teachers get to do. Uh, it's not my life, but maybe it could have been. Um, so uh, at some point I realized there was just this like deep desire to carry on a family tradition to be in the military. So my first choice of school was actually the Naval Academy at Annapolis and got pretty far in the process, uh, kind of bombed the, it's like a nine person panel interview, okay, and it uh, and was just very salty about the whole thing. I'm like, well, The Navy doesn't want me, so I'm not gonna do ROTC, I'm not gonna do any of these things, and my dad was like, well, what's your backup choice? University of Iowa, yes, but what major? And I'm like, mm. and I, I'm not even kidding. He says, why don't you start in engineering? Because if you don't like it, you can do anything else. <laughs>
0: <Like> <laughs> he, just, he was
1: under this premise that like, anything <laughs> is easier than engineering. It's so beta so, test. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Um, so, uh, I, And I think one of your previous interviewers, too, had a lot of parental influence and just sort of like, dad was always the person read computer manuals to me as a child okay okay Um, so love it yeah (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a bedtime story (laughs) well i mean it put me to sleep (laughs) probably still would um we're really my father and i are actually really similar in a lot of respects in in that um, we do all of our like feeling on the outside very interested in like how other people feel about the thing yeah Um, but the primary difference is that a lot of his a lot of his perceptions of things is all physical sensation, extroverted, blah, 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 so if he can measure it, if he can read a manual about it, if he can tinker with it, it comes in as passive data and it gets stored and then he can, like, problem-solve for later, whereas mine is all intuitive. I'm like, oh yeah, I experienced the world and then all of it goes into this black intuitive box in in the back of my head and then every once in a while, like, the invisible counsel in the back of my brain just throw something they're like this is probably the answer and people are like how'd you get there and I'm like I don't know just like a gut feeling and then later I can backtrack and be like okay well I know X Y and Z uh-huh. therefore I can prove it but it's always like the answer comes up and then I have to prove why it's right okay okay um, so that's always been um, kind of this thread throughout like childhood and decision making mm-hmm. was uh, things things just come way Mm -hmm. and it gets frustrating but it also means that like the kind of engineer that I end up being is well, so
0: a great problem solver yeah Yeah.
1: sure (laughs) I mean because you are because you're taking in data from everywhere right instead of just this is the way we've always done it this is the way we will continue to do it Uh Um, the position that I find myself in now there's a lot of collaboration with lots of different different disciplines and also different like worldview philosophies. So mm-hmm. whether it's a conservation ethic for how we treat the land, or we're gonna build a big stadium, and the, the primary drivers are not conservation of the lands. Right. right. To, to be able to float in between and use the, the skill sets mm-hmm. wherever they're, they're necessary. Right, um, right. And so I think when I landed on civil engineering, it was because if you do your job right, nobody knows. Yeah, like it's that invisible. um, Like you can help a lot of people without it being this heroic. Like look at me, I've done a thing for you. Yeah. Um, And so I've always liked the idea of helping people, and I like the fact that in civil engineering you might have to defend your math or you might have to defend your assumptions, but you'll never have to defend your intent. Right. Because the intent is always safety, welfare of the public.
0: Right. Because you take an oath for that. Exactly. Yes. And that's
1: really like wholesome feeling.
0: Yeah. So as we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of months, one thing that I really like is that I can tell to your core, like you care about the environment and about the ecological hydraulic cycle of things
1: and that ties into your work too, so. Yeah. I was just telling somebody recently that I, while there, there are some threads of that sort of tribal clan feeling of like, I wanna do things similar to my family, um, what by, by and large motivates me ends up being Mm -hmm. becoming more like the community we live in and where we are and i don't have children but when i think about the the nebulous like our children's children and the way we think about sustainability um, yeah it's all feelings like all the things that motivate me to do the technical work of like using tables and a calculator and drafting like it's all comes back to feelings right which i don't know
0: so it's a good balance it's like the feeling base of like that's the ultimate goal but you take your technical side be able to implement the feeling stuff.
1: And what I love about it too is that I, I think when I was little there was this this feeling like a very western separation of the head and the heart. Like if you have high aptitude in one, you couldn't possibly be good at the other. Mm-hmm. Which is not true at all. Right.
0: Don't <laughs> you it feel really, like as you get older they they uh, come more in alignment?
1: Yeah. They, they're definitely on a path of convergence and then I, if just convincing people from the cat yeah. you not You also don't have to keep them in silos and yeah, like you, there, there can be cross-hemisphere, right? Right. Head or, heart or wherever those things live.
0: Well, and so many of our clients are based in the heart. They they come with a mission. They have like this grandiose idea of what they want to do. Right. And if we can connect that to the logical side of it, like it helps to make us less of a com- commodity and more of you know an asset for the project too. So yeah. So what did you want to be when you like when you were growing up? What did you think you wanted to be?
1: So I have, I have two thoughts, and I couldn't decide between them, so I'm going to give them to you both. Okay, to laugh okay. The first one was, you know that, like, am I allowed, I'm probably not allowed to swear, very tough female character that is always like Fast and Furious mechanic okay. type, type thing, okay. where she's just sort of like, I don't know, rough and tumble in the world, and she knows her stuff in and out, and no one can back her into a corner. Like, I wanted to be that Okay. Character. and yeah. like, it, it gets played out as like the mechanic. Spaceships in Serenity and like whatever else, okay. like just okay. like the mechanic, Who knows her yes. stuff Yes. But every time I tried to do something mechanically inclined, like number one, my father was always so good at it, and there was never immediate aptitude. Okay. In, in like physical, how do things work? Can I make? Can I make the thing do the thing? Okay. Um, and then if I, the more I tried to learn, like outside of the safe family bubble too, the way people talk about. It always feels like you have to defend what you know and why you know it. Okay. Like defense is not a great place to be learning from. Right. right? Like if you're right. constantly having to defend You feel person. inadequate if yeah. you don't know it. Yeah, yeah. and it's if you're good. if you're starting out on that foot of like, well, you know. Um so wanted to be the cool mechanic. Yes. Also wanted to be a Boy Scout, which at that point in time it was it was Boy Scouts in America, not just scouts in. I couldn't be a scout. Okay. My dad hands me the the manuals like most of the things you know you can figure out in this book and I did I learned how to like tie knots, make lashings, survive sure. in the wilderness and uh but couldn't be and I thought it was always like a really funny juxtaposition because my dad was an eagle scout but he he went through at a time where um people of color were not allowed still not like there was segregation in a lot of places. Okay. Ranked. So he's the highest ranking and the, the oldest eagle scout in his trip this lodge is like having some thing and they pull the scouts in to present the colors mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be the oldest eagle scout that does the thing and thomas tokubisa being a very yellow man was not allowed to like watch his son present the colors which is like so bizarre to me because like they let the little japanese american kid present the colors. well i mean he wasn't little at that point he would be like 16 17 okay okay but they wouldn't let his father come in and watch Like, just and when was bizarre. this what year was this
0: 1960s. Yeah. that's crazy.
1: <laughs> it's like, so crazy. Um, So it's weird to me to think that like dad could be a scout but was not able to have like a really strong like like his father wasn't allowed to be there for him in specific right. ways right. whereas like there were some avenues that didn't feel or like actually weren't available to me as a child but my dad was always there. Yeah. So it, it was just like a weird flip-flop. Yes. Yeah. Of, of how we yep. came Yeah, I wanted to really and I suppose being a Boy Scout is not something that you are when you grow up. But
0: yeah, it's just feels that transverse. Yeah. So. Yeah. It does. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. So then, when you were like, when did you decide going into civil? Like, when did you decide to go civil engineering? Is that when you got to college then? Like?
1: So I was undecided for as long as you could physically be undecided. Yeah. Um.
0: Because you okay yeah because you said your dad was like okay. Try engineering, and I was like, yes. okay,
1: well, it's semester five, and I'm still trying engineering. <laughs> like, I think, <laughs> I think yeah. I'm gonna be an engineer, Dad. Yeah. Like, what kind? Like, well, I suppose I should have actually f- pick, you know, silo-specific electives. Right. Um, and and it, I think it all ended up coming back to why are you doing engineering? Yeah. My my advisor at the time, um, his wife was also working either in the School of Nursing or Psychology, or she was really into Myers-Briggs. Okay. And so between the two of them, um, the whole civil, well, it was like the whole undergraduate engineering class, um, he would actually have her come in and administer the Myers-Briggs test just to see, like, as a personal curiosity and also, like, it's good that you know who you are before trying to, you know, these are right. your natural skills. Sure. Um, what can you do with them? And it was really always really interesting to see, like, Bill described that, through the twenty plus years that he had been giving the test, he watched the personality test or the results come in from a specific subtype of people to like slowly diverging into he's like, I've seen every single personality type come into the into these courses and take this test. Like it's slowly becoming more diverse, not from like boxes you can check on the census, but more diverse in the way people think about sure. coming together to learn.
0: And was the end result so these were all engineers?
1: They were all engineers with diverse
0: but like diverse strengths and attitudes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was the moment where I realized that I type as a feeling type person. Okay. That I was like, oh, it wouldn't. It would be really silly of me to paint a picture of what I think an engineer is supposed to look like and what I think and like why we're supposed to be doing what we do. Why would right. I paint that picture? Why would I not just make that life for myself? Right. Um, but it, it wasn't until I saw the test in front of me. That Oh, you're two and a half years into engineering, and um, and you are a person who feels. Yeah. So it it would make sense to pick a flavor of engineering that allows you to satisfy those itches, right? Right,
0: right. Well, and that's ultimately what makes you successful. If it's something that you're passionate about, something that's true to your core, and if you're implementing that in your career even if it's a logical side but still the passion and the feeling side is there like that's what's going to keep like that energy is what's going to carry you through right
1: my my kid brother he just turned 14. okay he he visited for a week he was so funny one he kept calling me boomer
0: (laughs) my kids call me that too i'm 27.
1: (laughs) like i told him he wasn't allowed to say boomer anymore so he replaced the second m with a b and he called me boober for the rest of his day i was like come on kid but he's like out. it's like I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life 14? yeah but the, the advice was you don't have to figure anything out you just have to get good at one thing yeah one category of thing yeah most of the stuff that carries you through life is the ability to be confident curious courageous right the, those are the things you don't you know you can change your mind halfway through and as long as you can carry over the ability to carry on a conversation to tell somebody why you think or feel what you feel or that you've drawn um, to come together under a banner or to separate yourself out for specific reasons like all of adulting is just negotiating expectations right which you don't have to figure out your life to figure out how to negotiate expectations you just have to get good at a thing right whether that's like underwater basket weaving or like balsa wood race yeah. cars you know, pick a thing get yeah. good at it and that will take you further than like studiously scripting out by the time I'm 25 I will have a landscape architecture degree from Iowa State. By the time I'm 31, I will have my master's in business and then I will be selling to clients, blah, 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 $5 million projects and 2.5 kids and the dog yes. and the picket fence and whatever. <laughs> like you can yes. write that script and it's gonna go to hell in a hand basket. Right, Don't and point. then
0: you're not gonna know what to do, right? right. And I think it like, so it's like 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 something to carry you through. So, and really that's just carrying you through to the next thing. Like who does the exact same thing from the 10, they're 22 until they're 70? Nobody does. Not many a, people. Like, and perhaps. if that's fulfilling, or, or, <laughs> there might be like <laughs> a mountain <somewhere>. Maybe. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. But you know, like everyone pivots, everyone evolves, everyone does things differently. I actually had a conversation with a friend this morning and I was like, I remember being a kid and my mom being like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know i don't know what i want to do when i grow up and that's like really scary because like there's too many she's like the sky's the limit i'm like that's the scary part like i don't i don't want to commit to something but like you commit temporarily you you take a path you go down it and if it doesn't feel right then you pivot to something else
1: and like that's so liberating i think for kids to know that that's an option i wish there was a way to like tell kids the only reason that adults are asking you this question is because they think your answer is fine Right? Like if I had known that, that right? I think I would have been way less terrified about making any decisions, right? Because, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure the, the answers that I gave earlier are, you know, the retrospective ones. But if you would ask asked me when I was eight, like the, the answer was, I don't know, a nurse, an open-heart surgeon, right. you know, an astronaut, a firefighter, I sure. wanted to be in the military, I wanted to do like all of the things, right? right? But the one right. that was like secretly burning in my heart, fast and furious.
0: Was, so, what are you passionate about?
1: I really like the environment. <laughs> yeah. So, I think by and large, it abstract, intuitive land here, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in the way things get connected. Okay. And I live in my body. I live on the planet. I see resources coming in and out. Whether that's like food in, wastewater out, like mm-hmm. energy in, productivity and capitalism out. Right. Um, like you can go back to engineering school, right? You can draw a, a, a box around anything and tally in the ins and outs. And I'm always interested in like, what's outside of the control volume. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and my puny human mind cannot imagine a control volume bigger than our upper atmosphere. Okay. Like I know there are planets out there, but yeah. that just has no bearing on my life right now. Right, right now, maybe in 40 years it will. Um, So I'm always really interested in the way we build our homes, the way we get rid of our wastewater, the way we treat each other, the way we treat our watersheds, the way we treat our rivers, like Mm -hmm. it all ends up being connected, Mm -hmm. Um, which is very woo-woo. So when people ask, what are you passionate about? I tell them, I'm very passionate about rivers and watersheds (laughs) and educating young people. (laughs) I'm really excited about agency and autonomy and confidence. And um, I really dislike the word autonomy. Your authentic, genuine self. I don't, if you, from the onset, you you say, I'm going to be authentic. Have, have you not already made a definition and decided to stick yourself in it? And isn't yeah. that the opposite of right. authenticity, right? right. So, I have so not, authentic. yes. not the authenticity streak, but the, not the
0: authenticity yeah. streak, yeah. right? Those are all big words, autonomy and authentic. Yes, all of those are big, important words, I feel like.
1: I like when people can make informed choices for themselves while still respecting yeah. The boundaries of other
0: people. Yeah. I love that you zoom out and think of it more than just like the engineering problem that you have right here. If you're thinking of it as a whole ecosystem and how the whole world as far as people and environment and everything, just how everything is interconnected and works together. And that's important. Like not every engineer knows that, but they're like that's that's the skill set that you bring and I think that's a very really valuable
1: skill set to bring. I'm sure at some point my supervisor's like, could you just focus on this one
0: thing? (laughs) But can (laughs) I, the world is like this big. Yeah,
1: but right, could you just delineate this watershed, please? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I can do that. (laughs) We'll
0: set that aside for a second, and we will go to this. (laughs) Right. Okay, so what would you say is one misunderstood thing about you? What is something that you wish people would understand better or more about you?
1: I will. I'll embrace the first question. The second one is a little weird to me.
0: And I'll tell you why.
1: So I experience and present gender differently than I think the the vast majority, right? For 25 years, people used the pronouns she, her, and hers to describe who I was and what I was doing. Um, And I use they and them because I think they're more accurate, right? The Mm -hmm. question about accuracy and precision is always funny. I find them to be more accurate to who I am when it brings to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Authentic, maybe?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Um, and, right, like, when I say we are just like culturally, like we, we know that gender and biological sex are different. And from even within gender, there's a difference between like what we expect you to do, how you feel in your own body, like how you present yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. even those, like there's subsets there. And then when we're looking at chromosomal sex, like even the splits between them, we see take any characteristic, and you'll see a distribution of like individuals who have specific chromosomes. And if you only knew that about them, you'd expect their body to look like this, like or this characteristic to look like this, and it doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. By and large, what we see are a bunch of like multivariate systems that tend to hover around a couple of distributions. And then we say that oh, there are two, there are two loci. That that's all there is. Yep. Yeah. Completely forgetting that there are people with like two Xs and a Y, or an X and two Ys, or right. three Xs. Right. Like so, our fundamental premise of like, well, the chromosomes are only by like, like that's not even true. Um, and that's like a lot to unpack to somebody that like, yeah. you've never talked to in your life. And so, you know, I pronouns is always. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is the it. I think that it says more about the person using them than it does about me. Yeah. Which, it took me a long time to get there. I sat there fretting for a really long time. Like, if people don't acknowledge the way I feel, then then the way I feel isn't valid. Mm-hmm. Like, all of my feelings aren't real. Like, what a great way to, to, go, to go quickly to a spot where you yeah. feel like you don't matter.
0: And you're not heard, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And then,
1: you know, you get a little older and, I don't know, you just learn how to set boundaries and say, everything inside of this box really is me, and it's 100% valid Mm -hmm. and okay to be who I am, and even if the other person doesn't see what I'm bringing to the table, that doesn't mean that I'm not bringing it to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, So the second part of the question was, what do you wish people would see immediately? And I'm not sure I wish that people immediately were like, ah, yes, they, them, those pronouns are very easy, and now I understand everything about gender, like, (laughs) okay. Well, I'm sure we'll have like different gender theorists in twenty years that will like turn me on my head, right? Yeah. So I enjoy the conversation. Um, Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's weird, but I think that's all of the things that can't be succinctly described. In a box. In a box.
0: Yeah. In a box. So I have to say, just personally, like, so you know, like, there's been some hiccups, right? Like, even like introducing you, right? Like, I don't know. Or I say the wrong thing. And it's not because I, I am intending to, it's just because it's different and new for me. Yeah, it so, takes and I think some of it is just educating people, right? And making them aware and and to see you for you okay. so that it can be done appropriately so that you feel like you're being seen and heard for who you actually are. And I think sometimes that takes practice. So like sometimes maybe people will refer to you incorrectly, but it doesn't, it's not ill-intentioned. It's just like a lack of knowledge and understanding that will get there. And I think the conversation helps for it to become more normalized, not that that's like the right word, but like more understood. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is just, and that's probably so frustrating for you because you probably feel and I guess you could say this, but I'm guessing that maybe you feel like you have to explain all the time. And sometimes I'm sure it would be nice just to show up and for people to get it instead of having to
1: explain it all the time. I feel like it might be the similar, like it, as with anything that is like, we can't quickly we can't quick categorize it, so here's the box, right? Like I, I'm sure that my mom would really love if I immediately understood all of the work, like invisible work, invisible work, it takes just to be a mom like yeah. whatever that box is right right like, i don't understand that mm-hmm. and it would be so easy to just like take a usb and download it into my head like oh my gosh all of the times where i was like screaming and doing embarrassing things in public <laughs> or like swearing at church she actually washed my mouth that was so Like all, <laughs> of the, all of the things that she had to do just to like keep me alive and fed and healthy right, right? that i i don't remember them all there's no way yeah. i could remember them all and i, I don't know so i think it's it's a similar, I'm guessing it's a similar kind of frustration, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just can't know and so you do your best. And some days I'm like hangry and tired and my pants are too tight and I'm bloated and I'm just not ready to have the pronoun conversation (laughs) with anybody. I'm just not there, that's not my job today. My job today is delineate the watershed, (laughs) assign the land use, look up the hydrologic soil groups from the web soil survey. Like that's my job today and I'm not talking about gender. Like some days are really rough. Yeah. Presumably some days like your two-year-olds are super rough and it's, it's yeah. hard to be long. I, yeah. I think that everyone's life, there's there's a word for that, right? Um, I think it's German, it's that realization where in your life you are the protagonist and everyone else is just an extra in the movie of Carrie.
0: Okay. But
1: each of those extras in fact has, you know, the movie of Joe and the movie of Whitney and they are protagonists in there, right? And you realize yeah. that everyone is not just an extra, they're in fact living their own life. Right, um, right. I think that's the thing that helps me Okay. whenever things get rough is like, you know, the guy who keeps calling me young lady, which I think is hilarious, Yeah. Um, like over and over and over again. And then he catches himself and he goes, oh, I'm not supposed to say that. And I'm like, you know what? So and so, you really could just keep going. It's okay. <laughs> and it's just to remember that like, I think he just refinanced his house or his mortgage and like, he's got two kids and they're doing things and he's got, a, like, he's got a life.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, and today maybe wasn't his day either. But, yeah. but don't you sometimes don't you want to just show up and like be the engineer, like, oh, yeah. not be they, but just be the, the engineer. engineer? Yeah, yeah. And so like when that has to be a hiccup to get over first before you can be seen for your professional competence, competence, like, right. I can see or how I, mean, difficult. I think that
1: I like, might. I'm, I'm imagining this right. This is all fortune telling but sometimes I struggle with this when I physically show up in a space. Everyone always does the like up, down, up, down, like what are you? And that's just like a byproduct of being who I am. But um, I'm always a little worried that people are gonna be like, well, if you can't even figure out if you're a boy or a girl, how can you figure out whether or not this is going to appropriately treat the 100-year storm?
0: I, think, I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think people go there, though. Like, I, I really I hope they don't,
1: but there's like yeah. some small part of me that's just like terrified. Like, yeah, I
0: can see I how you it. would think that, but I don't think I don't. I wouldn't think that way, and I would like to think
1: that other people would. Oh, I really think hope that. so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I will always give people the benefit of the doubt and assume like once my lizard brain calms down and isn't so scared of just existing, um, I will always assume that people just they're like they think I put together an awesome outfit. Yeah, I did. (laughs) That's why they're looking at me sideways. Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned though. um, So my voice hasn't always been this low, and I get he/him all the time over over phone and with the Zoom camera. Like it's from here to here. Yeah. Even if I'm wearing effeminate flowy stuff, for the most part, you know, you're looking from here to here. So it's been an interesting transition, specifically because of how much of our life is virtual right now. to, to watch how people will react differently based on what they know or what mm-hmm. they've assumed.
0: Mm-hmm. So like
1: people that met me three years ago, right? Well, I guess that's not really fair because I've been interacting with them for three years and, and the walls are broken down. But but it is, I, I do notice that um, the space I take up in a conversation is different when it's on the phone and all you can hear is my voice.
0: Okay, okay. And, and I,
1: I can't really put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels different. Okay, it's been weird.
0: Do you feel like the reaction of the person that you're talking to is different on the phone versus in person? Like do you feel like you get different reactions?
1: Maybe a little. Okay. I've also I've also noticed a lot of and this is a multivariate problem too, right? So it could be that I just have more confidence as, as an engineer. Or it could be that with a voice this low, that sounds like a man's voice. That I walk in and I'm like, of course I'm the engineer and I know these things. And here it is, and I'm going to deliver it as is. That people just take it, okay, for what it is, mm-hmm. instead of questioning like, well, does she really know anything? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and now that it, it, it's just interesting.
0: Yeah, I I love it that I love the fact that assumptions can't be made. Like I feel like you mix it up, right? Like. People can't be like, here you are here. It's like, no, you're an engineer here and like you can't make these assumptions about me because of you know things that you see, I guess. I don't know.
1: There's um
0: What's a risk that you've had to take to get where you are now?
1: Certainly not posting pictures of me in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
0: uh, <laughs> Well And it's the like, world is probably better. Well played. <laughs>
1: My spouse is used to be eight hours away and now it's ten. Um, okay. We we met in grad school. Okay I was working in a rock lab, I was processing rock samples, and um, he's a geologist. So okay. he works for the state of Ohio, doing his thing, they offered to pay for his PhD, and only a moron would turn that down.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's uh-huh. no
1: moron. Okay. I you know. Yes. So he's far away. And we had we initially had accepted our jobs straight out of the gates from school and we're like, oh. We'll, we'll take a couple of years, we'll figure it out, and then we'll find a place that we can land. Uh-huh. And it's been a couple years and we still haven't figured out how to land. Okay. And it used to be a constant like, my marriage doesn't look the way it's supposed to. Everyone keeps asking me when I'm gonna make grandbabies. Everyone keeps, it, like, and the narrative is really similar there too. Um, it's annoying on two fronts. One, people say, oh, you're an engineer, you can get a job anywhere. Like, did you know <laughs> that not everyone is willing to pay? To treat the environment ethically and e- mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. that there will still be environment left for our children to enjoy, right. like not everyone's willing to pay for that.
0: Right? There's not. There's not everyone appreciates it. Right. right?
1: And and to find those people and to foment good relationships with them and to figure out like what do you need, what resources do we have to work with, where does it make sense to put these things, right? That that's a people skill. That's not just a oh well I could find it in Ohio I could find it in Ohio but I'm pretty sure all of the engineers in Ohio are really happy that I'm right here <laughs> right whatever <laughs> well no because I'll give you a run for your money
0: <laughs> um, but right, this okay, idea like that like
1: that you can you know you can get a job anywhere you're an engineer like the kind of engineering like I, I've chosen to be where I am for specific right. reasons mm-hmm. and so like to assume that like you can just insert engineers wherever you need them is yeah. also kind of annoying as an engineer and then as, you know, right, a female-bodied person, why do you think that it is still the narrative where I need to give up everything to go live with my husband because his career is of the utmost importance? Like,
0: we
1: we have something, it looks different than yours. When we are together, it's like nerdy and amazing, and it's like Malbec cheese, really good music, finding some tiny little project to work on together, and laughing at, whatever we can find that is laughable in the moment. <laughs> Risky in the sense that um, you're not gonna find a YouTube video for how to do that. Right, <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, so, like, how to maintain a marriage over 10, 10 hours when yeah. in the middle of a pandemic with seemingly divergent career paths and ultimately like different, right? It's not... The 2.5 kids and the yeah like we'll probably get a fur baby there's probably yeah. gonna be a dog somewhere right okay but um yeah. i can see how that's a risk yeah for it's sure it's risky to constantly have that back door open a little
0: yeah
1: right? yeah because some i i perceive that other people other people's marriages are so like tightly knit and no one can poke at it right like no yeah. person would come up and say would, would question the structure of a, a normal looking marriage. Like, yeah. oh, that's theirs. So I'm not going to touch it. It's none of my business. But as soon as you say oh, I'm doing a weird thing. My marriage yeah. looks different. People like, they ask questions and they poke and they're like, well why aren't you doing this? They're like, well it seems like you could just get a job in Ohio. I'm like.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like this open door where I wish it wasn't an open door. Yeah. I'm also really happy where I'm at.
0: Along with many things I see you as a very brave person. So, <laughs> taking lots of risks. Um, and I love it so um, okay so who inspires you Um,
1: I went through besides bikini lady (laughs) (laughs) I am so inspired she just went for it I am super inspired by my little sister okay okay so I, I feel like there's like a little bit of black sheep of the black sheep going on right because within within the broad extended family my my core family just they lean politically one way and we have specific whatevers and within that my sister actually aligns more with the Outside of the donut. Okay, right as far
0: as your family like extended family or just outside of the donut as like not the same Beliefs as like your immediate family.
1: Yeah, just okay. It's not the same beliefs as immediate family. Okay, so um, I, um, We've all we're all blessed fortunate enough to have pursued post-secondary education. Right? Like we've all got degrees or you know, certificates of some sort, um, but she really struggled for a long time. It, I, this was mean, do I say it? Um, she wanted to do uh, criminal justice. She wanted to work with canine units. She wanted, she wanted to work with dogs. She really loves animals, mm-hmm. and she has a really good sense for what's right and what's wrong. Okay. And on, on paper it looked like, oh, criminal justice, that makes sense. Um, and then it got into the, all of the crap that you have to deal with as an officer and people just like, she and she wasn't about that. She's like, why can't you just follow the rules? <laughs> to follow the rules. Yeah. But it turns out that being in law enforcement, not only do you have to have, among all of the other things that you have to have, right, like a sense of right and wrong, but also the patience with how to deal with this in like an appropriate manner, Right. which is currently under intense scrutiny, right? Like right. how do like, We've got people up in arms telling people how to do their jobs, right? With insanely good reason, very valid reason. But there's just a lot. There's a magnifying glass over them mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. um, and so I think a lot of things. Had, she she went from criminal justice to culinary arts. Okay. And the main thing was like, Rebecca, are you just going through the list in alphabetical order? Like <laughs> criminal justice, culinary arts.
0: <laughs> next up. <dentists>. Next up.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I said. I was like, you're gonna be a dentist next. Um, and after that is entomology, if you'd like to see yes, bugs. books. Yes. So she went from criminal justice to culinary arts. We joked, are you going to be a dentist next? Because you're going down the list. And she stuck with culinary arts. She now makes the cutest pastries. She's engaged to um, just like straight up farm boy. Like I, yeah. I I cannot make this up. His name is John. She's okay. engaged to farmer John, which is not the future any of us envisioned for her. Like shame on us for envisioning things for somebody that is her own human being. Like yeah. She's just found a way to say, no this is what I want, it looks way different than what you thought I was going to have, and she said I'm interested in baking but right now I've got you know health concerns and what have you. Like She's taken a job that's not culinary stuff. Okay. She's made that decision for herself to say right now I need insurance, I need stable income, I'm going to continue being like um, entrepreneurial by myself, not like with a bakery, but like, doing okay. wedding cakes and event stuff for friends so she's still scratching that culinary edge and being able to create beautiful things for people okay. and connect with them and like you know give them a delicious like it's the icing on the cake right right. Um, right but to still balance that with what she needs right now I just so wish that I had better understood those boundaries for myself when I was her right. age. so she's five, five years my junior um, and like far exceeds me in terms of being able to say, this is who I am, this is what I know I need, and to just, like, it's not a flashy, like, bells and whistles, like, she mm-hmm. just, she got there, mm-hmm. and, it, and it fits, right?
0: And it's her path and she's happy about, right? It's, it's her path. That's right? super young. It took me until to yeah. almost 40 to get there, so.
1: And <laughs> I'm sure it'll be different in 10 years, but to just yeah. see how, how many weird things she's managed to reconcile. There's okay. just a lot at play to find any path in the current conditions. I mean, yeah. I love She's that. also loving and caring, like, all okay. the time. And a little goofy. Yeah. Like she has to be comfortable with you to see it, but sure. to, to constantly move forward in a respectful way where, like, I've never felt, like, she's laughed at me, but I've never felt like an idiot around her. Yeah. Yeah. And I adore that about her. That yeah. She can find her own and still respect people for where they are. Yeah. She's awesome.
0: I, I love agree. that, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Ray, for being here today. Okay. Um, I have to say one of my favorite things about you is the fact that you are brilliant and you have these big, huge ideas, but you kind of float under the radar a little bit. So you like hold them back a little bit, kind of quiet. And then at the right moment, you articulate these amazing things and it's like, so I feel like you kind of hold back a little bit and then like there's a pause and you're like, this is what I think. And it's like beautifully articulated. It's almost artistic in the articulation of it. And it's brilliant and like super smart and super thoughtful. And it's like, I don't know, like the way you tie it all together, it's pretty much amazing.
1: So (laughs) I can tell you are a deep
0: thinker and um, yeah. Very very smart. They so. say still waters run deep. <laughs> Whatever. So I like the time with water though. though. So so anyway, thanks thanks for being here.